We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Choose your fighter. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. I'm not a cocky person. I'm just passionate. Final round. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for a new podcast partner immediately. Quarantine and chill. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible, presented by Broadway Sports Media, partnered with 440 Sports. Be sure to check out broadwaysportsmedia.com. I am Justin Graver. I'm joined, as always, by Justin Mello, and we are here again to continue our series talking about the Titans, free agents. Justin, how you doing? You excited to get into this week's episode? I'm doing well. I'm excited. These are these are two players that uh, should make for a very uh, exciting and interesting conversation. That's right. Again, we are going to go one offensive player and one defensive player. Today, we'll start on defense with the linebacker who broke his elbow in week 11, I believe. Jayon Brown, who's going to be a free agent. So let's get into it. Jayon Brown. This guy's a pending free agent. And you know what's interesting is spot track. We did this last week mentioning their uh, projected market value. Spot track doesn't have one for Jayon Brown. So I turned my attention over to overthecap.com and they have his over the cap valuation at $4.2 million per year. Seems pretty dang low to me. I would expect his contract to be more in the eight to $10 million range for a pretty talented off ball linebacker who's pretty good in coverage, which, you know, the NFL obviously is moving every year to more and more pass heavy coverage. Linebackers are more important than ever with the mismatches teams are creating with running backs out of the backfield and tight ends. So Jayon Brown, you know, pretty valuable player. I don't know that the Titans defense necessarily got significantly worse or better with him on or off the field this year. They were pretty much bad the whole year. So uh, what do you think the Titans are looking to do with Jayon Brown? I think this is one of the more interesting ones to evaluate, to be honest with you, because I think it puts the Titans in a bit of a tough spot. And, and obviously the market will ultimately determine what happens here. But in a fantasy world, I think the Titans would love to switch Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans around. I, I think if Rashawn Evans was a free agent this year and they had Jayon Brown for what, another year, because I think that's what Evans has. Um, I think that would be a much easier decision. I think they would let Evans walk and they would happily move forward with Brown uh, and David Long, who, who played terrific right down the stretch. Now he, he did so of course in, in, in Brown's absence, but, I think they would make for a, a terrific duo, but uh, it'll, it'll, that's why it's, it'll be so interesting to see what happens, right? A guy like David Long um, played so well down the stretch. It would be very easy, let's be honest, for this team to say, we're going to let Jayon Brown walk and we're going to replace him with an in-house option that we have in David Long. Especially when, and I know there are ways they can create a ton more cap space with restructures and whatnot, but they're going to have to pour money into the edge position right? They're probably going to have to pour money potentially into the wide receiver position. Um, so if you can find an in-house replacement at one of these other positions, I think that makes sense for how they might want to spread their money around. With that said, I think they'd love to keep Jayon Brown and pair him with David Long going forward. I think that'd be a terrific tandem, but ultimately it's going to be really tough, I think, for them to convince themselves um, to give Jayon Brown you know, $10 million annually when you have David Long there. Not to mention, I, I think there's something to be said for how comfortable a GM is with his evaluations of certain positions. Look, Jayon Brown was a day three, was a day three pick, right? They got him in what round four or five. I think it was, he's given them four terrific years. They also got David long on day three. 
John Robinson's done a great job getting talented linebackers at the back end of the draft. So you can make a strong case for, I can do it again. I'm going to let Jayon Brown walk. I've already got my two starters in Rashawn Evans and David Long. And I th- I'm confident in my ability to go in here again in the 2021 draft and get another good linebacker on day three. I don't have to take one in the first round. Yeah, they've done it with Rashawn Evans, but I don't think they have to. They got better results, right? Getting a guy like Jayon Brown or a guy like David Long on day three. So as much as I would love to see Jayon back in Tennessee, and I think it would make a lot of sense um, because he's a, he's a great coverage player. And I think him and David Long complement each other really well. Um, I think it'll be tough for them to convince themselves to pour the kind of resources it's going to take for them to re-sign Jayon when you have other solutions already on the roster. Yeah, I am with you on, on all of that. I think that Jayon Brown, you know, this is somebody who I, it may have been preseason last year, even that you, we were looking ahead at pending free agents after this year. And you said you could see a scenario where Jayon Brown was, was asked to walk or was let allowed to walk after this season. And it seemed kind of crazy to me back then. But as we look at it now, I think, you know, it becomes more and more realistic every day. You don't give at, me enough credit. You see? Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm I, Props to you, because you called that one pretty early. I think you were the first person I heard call out that that Jayon Brown would most likely be allowed to leave after the season. I think that's exactly where we're trending with David Long and Rashad Evans. I think you're actually perfectly set up for Rashawn to just allow him to play out his last year here as a, as a Titan. I don't think they make an effort to re-sign him, because in my opinion, he's been a pretty big disappointment, regardless of what Jim Hazlitt says in Zoom press conferences about how he loves him and he's the best line for whatever nonsense he spewed but you know you look around the league obviously we don't have a projection from spot track but just looking at the guys who are making money you know bobby wagner's making 18 million a year at inside linebacker cj mosley 17 million a year i don't think Jayon brown is touching a number that high but you know a guy like zach cunningham is a pretty similar player to Jayon brown i think the texans vastly overpaid him but he did sign a 14 and a half million dollar average annual value salary not too long ago got Deion Jones making over 14 million a year, Miles Jag making over 14 million a year. I don't know what the market's going to look like for Jayon Brown, but if it's in the 14 million dollar a year range, I think you have to let him walk. He's a guy that that, you know, as much as as much fun as he is to have on the Titans and as much as I like him as a player, that is just a lot of money to to pour into the inside linebacker position. And there's not a whole lot of options out there in the free agent like impending free agents but you mentioned the draft you mentioned john robinson's ability in the draft i don't know if you know who neville hewitt is i personally don't really know who neville hewitt is but he had 134 tackles last year and he's going to be a free agent coming out of the new york jets who already have a lot of money in cj mosley who obviously opted out for 2020 but you know he's going to be back next year and they have to pay him a lot of, like i just mentioned 17 million a year and then another guy is going to be a free agent that i actually really like is Anthony Walker Jr. He's been up in Indianapolis the last few years. He's a really aggressive downhill guy, helps stop the run there. He's no Darius Leonard, but he's a pretty talented linebacker himself. And considering that the Colts are going to have to pay Leonard pretty soon, you could see them letting Walker Jr. walk. So any thoughts on either of those two guys? 
Not a ton, because I'll be honest with you, if they're not interested in, in re-signing Jayon Brown, then I, I don't think they're going to go out there and sign a free agent, like a guy that had 135 tackles last year, because that tells me he's going to get some some you know good money as well. So for me, no, if you're letting Jayon walk, in my opinion, it's because you're replacing him in-house with David Long, and then you're drafting a guy, maybe even again as late as day three, to maybe be a long-term replacement for Rashawn Evans just like David Long was the long-term replacement for Jayon Brown if this is the route this thing goes. So for me, I'd be shocked if they let Jayon Brown walk only to turn around and and sign another linebacker to a a fairly big money deal. True. But that said, they probably are going to have to sign some guys to not big money deals because Will Compton is a pending free agent, Nick DeZunbar, Zubnar is a pending free agent and so is Darren Bates. So three guys that are pretty much your special teams linebackers there. You're going to need people to fill the role of special teams linebacker, whether that's rookies you draft this year or, or back of the roster guys you sign. We see John Robinson sign those back of the roster guys like that every single season. So I think we'll see some transactions like that, but I don't think, you know, any linebacker brought in on that level, at least if everything goes according to plan, that guy's not going to see a lot of snaps on defense when the regular season rolls around. Yeah, I agree. And don't rule out them simply just re-signing guys like Nick DeZubnar and, and Darren Bates or Will Compton. It, it wouldn't shock me if they bring one or two of the two of those guys back uh, to fill out the special teams room. And, and on top of it, hey, DeZubnar, he played some snaps in the playoffs and he looked pretty good against Baltimore. I thought it made a lot of sense, right? They got him out there as a more athletic player and he played a good game. So it wouldn't shock me to see guys like him back in Tennessee next year. And hey, you know what? I'll throw one more name at you. Nick Westbrook-Akini. That's right. The undrafted free agent wide receiver for the Titans who plays on the punt coverage team who made an incredible tackle on the punter of the Detroit Lions when they tried to fake a punt the play that got Kerry Combs son fired as the special teams coordinator for the lions, uh, Braden Combs, I believe. So, I mean, I'm not saying anything, but I maybe, you know, maybe look at moving this guy over to the other side of the ball and see if he can do anything, learn how to play the linebacker position. I don't know. Just throwing out crazy ideas, but if you're like, if you're getting desperate and you maybe consider that option. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that they're going to consider anything, <laughs> like, anything like that. I'm not even going to, not even going to humor you and give the time of day on that one. I, I'd be shocked if they were to consider something like that. But uh, again, I think this draft will, will have some good linebackers and, and there'll be some good ones on day three still. So it'll be interesting to see what, you know, how they treat this Jayon Brown situation. That's absolutely accurate. I agree with you there. So let's move over to the other side of the ball and talk about John U. Smith, 25 year old tight end who really has shown improvement every single season. $8 million cap hit uh, is his projected average annual contract from spot track $8 million a year. They're projecting five years, 40 million based on the contracts guys like Austin Hooper and Tyler Higby got uh, in the last few years. So what do you think about John U. Smith? Uh, I don't know that there's a replacement on the roster the way you have a David long with Jayon Brown. So John U. Smith entering free agency. What are your thoughts there? That's again, that's a really interesting one. I think, I think ultimately, if you can keep John New, you'd love to do it. And I do think they will. I think he's a guy that they will resign and, and keep around. But I'm also very curious what his market looks like. You know, you and I kind of discussed this off air. Uh, there, there's not a lot, there's not a lot out there in free agency this year at the tight end position. And that could work against the Titans. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but that, you know, John New may be the best tight end uh, in free agency. 
So it'll be interesting to see how that potentially drives his market. Uh, but ultimately, I think he's a guy they would really like to have back. And, and he would be tough to replace as, as one guy. You're right. You know, they, they don't have a, a direct replacement on the roster. And there's not a lot out there in free agency. So it'd be interesting to see if they'd be willing to look to the draft for something like that. And I think there are maybe one or two guys there that, that could make sense for them. But if you're replacing John U. Smith with what you have on the roster, you're, you're, you get, like you said, there's not a David Long. You're doing it by committee, right? You're doing it with Anthony Ferkser as the primary pass catcher. We know he's not a terrific blocker, but he's a great chain mover. And, and you're doing it with a guy like Michael Pruitt, who is a free agent, but again, you know, should, should be relatively easy to bring back if they want to do so. And, and that's how you replace Sean New, right? You do it by committee. You have Anthony Ferkser as your pass catcher. You have Michael Pruitt as your excellent run, the run blocker that he's been for the past several years. But you're not going to replace John New Smith with one guy, not, not the one that's on this roster currently and not another one that's in free agency, in my opinion. You know what, to me, John U. Smith is, is one of the higher priorities for the Titans to bring back. Cause you mentioned the guys they can replace him with, but number one, all three other tight ends on the roster last year, Anthony Ferkser, Michael Pruitt and Jeff Swaim are all free agents to be as well. I think uh, Ferkser may be restricted. Is that right? But they're all he free. Is right. So it should make Ferkser relatively easy to keep, but that's right. Correct. But, but still all free agents to be, and you know what, all those guys had roles in the offense Throughout the entire season, whether Jonu Smith was on the field or not on the field. So, right. you know, when Jonu Smith was hurt for, I mean, he missed a couple games. He missed one game this year. He uh, maybe didn't have, maybe Ferkser had a bigger role that day, but he played 15 games this year. And we saw plenty of Anthony Ferkser, plenty of Michael Pruitt and or Jeff Swaim, depending on who was injured at the time. I know Swaim and Pruitt both missed a little bit of time, COVID and ankle issues and other stuff. But, you know, like this, this was a three tight end offense most of the time. So if you lose Johnny Smith, you're not just replacing with those guys. You're also replacing him with more Cam Batson or more Khalif Raymond, or if Adam Humphreys is not cut, as we discussed in our last episode, that we would expect him to be to be a cap casualty this year. But if you bring him back, you probably see a lot more Adam Humphreys snaps. Obviously, he's still dealing with a concussion injury, we think. We're not really sure his status at all. So could be some health issues there. But the point is, you know, you're sl- you're going to be in more three receiver sets if you don't have a John O. Smith who at times it felt like he kind of was more or less invisible to the offense, but I think he was playing a vital role as a blocker when Taylor Lewan went down, helping out on, on the left edge, giving help uh, chip blocks and also helping Dennis Kelly on the right side. So he was forced into more of a pass helping role in the passing game. And he didn't have as many big plays, but he still set a Titans era record for touchdown catches by a tight end this year. So it was a huge weapon in the red zone. He's a yak beast which fits right in with what this Titans offense wants to be. So to me, he's pretty important. And if you can get him for 8 million a year, that may be kind of a lot for a tight end, but you know, you look at a guy who's going to be on the market in Hunter Henry, who you said, John, who might be the best tight end on the market. I would say Hunter Henry would be the only person rivaling him who some would argue is better, but he's projected at 10.9 million a year. So almost $3 million more per year on his projection. Um, And then you got a guy like Gerald Everett, who is an athletic guy who's played in this system with Los Angeles Rams, but hasn't been as productive as Johnny Smith. Hasn't been all that productive uh, in general. He's kind of split time with Tyler Higby there in LA and he's projected at 7.3 million. So, I mean, that's right around the same range as Johnny Smith. If you can get Johnny Smith for that kind of value, I think that is tremendous value. You mentioned John Robinson is a value guy. I think Johnny Smith 
is a guy the Titans really like. The, I mean, he, he's been an off-season award recipient in the past, and Mike Vrabel's talked about his toughness and his willingness to do whatever it takes to help the team. And I just think this is a guy who, who the Titans are going to want to bring back and probably will bring back. And given the limited options to replace him both on the roster, in free agency, and in the draft, you know, you draft a tight end, you never know what you're going to get out of their rookie year. It often takes tight ends two or three years to really make an impact in the league. So I think you got to bring back Johnny Smith if you can. I fully agree with you. I, I think I think it just makes too much sense to bring John U back. He's a mismatch problem. Uh, I will say a guy like Gerald Everett does intrigue me. Um, if John U is smart, and I, I wouldn't bring Gerald Everett in uh, over John U if I had a choice. But if John U's market just gets crazy hot in free agency, and Gerald Everett is a little more. Um, you know, uh, a level-headed sort of thing. Uh, I, I think someone like him could make a lot of sense because he's played in the offense before, and you feel like he's a guy who, who's kind of underachieved a little and is maybe still scratching the surface of his potential. It, it wouldn't shock me if Gerald Everett went somewhere else uh, and played really good football. With that said, if you can't play, you know, great football under Sean McVay uh, and, and that brilliant offensive system may run there, then, uh, you know, th- there, there is a concern there. But uh, I, I do ultimately think John U is a guy that they should should bring back any I agree he should be a high priority one name I will throw out there uh, that that strikes me as a very interesting player in the draft is Brevin Jordan the tight end out of the University of Miami the measurables are incredibly similar they're almost eerily similar Smith what measured in at about 6'3 248 uh, just a hair under 6'3 I think at his uh, at the combine I imagine Brevin Jordan's going to come in around the same just a hair under 6'3 he's 245 uh, currently listed Smith was 248 so the measurables are are, are incredibly similar. And when I put the tape on uh, Jordan, uh, they're very similar players, or at least they were in college. Jordan is, is an excellent athlete that creates you know, just like John U. Smith does, creates a lot of mismatch problems, right? When he's lined up there uh, in a pass catching role. So I think this is a really, really good athletic tight end. He's great after the catch, just like John U. Smith is. Um, and, and in the blocking game, you know, John who struggled a bit, right, coming out of college, and he struggled early as a pro. And I see those same similarities again with, with Jordan, where he, he seems like he wants to try to be a good blocker, but there are a lot of reps that just don't go his way. So, but it is encouraging that you see him really make that effort on tape, just like John who did, and John who got better for it. So, if they are looking to the draft to replace John U. Smith, uh, Brevin Jordan is a name I would absolutely watch. Yeah, good, good call there. And just to touch on some of the other free agent options, if you're looking at, you know, I mean, I can't imagine they would want to pay somebody like Hunter Henry while letting Johnny Smith walk. That just seems crazy to Especially me. Especially like with the injury well. issues he's had, right? You, right. And anyone else you try to bring in in free agency is either going to be somebody who's getting really up there in, in years or somebody who's dealt with injury issues of their own throughout their career. I'm talking about guys like Jared Cook, who obviously started his career in Tennessee. I can't imagine they'd bring him back. He's also 34 years old now. You got guys like Tyler Eifert who've dealt with injury their whole career. Uh, Mercedes Lewis is 37 years old. Can't imagine he plays much longer. Might just finish his career out in Green Bay. You got um, Luke Stalker, who was a Titan before. He's 33 now. Definitely more of a blocking kind of guy. James O'Shaughnessy, 29 years old. Richard Rogers, 29 years old. I mean, the options on the free agent market at tight end are are pretty barren beyond John U. Smith and Hunter Henry. So, like you said, that could play into you know driving John U.'s price up, or it could play into him just wanting to come back to Tennessee. So we'll see how that turns out. Any, any more thoughts on Johnny before we get out of here? 
No, I agree that John New should be a priority for this team this offseason. And, and because his production kind of took a dip um, towards the middle and the end of the season, I think a lot of that had to do with the injury to Taylor Lewan, right? He was kind of asked to stay in line a little bit more. He was asked, you know, he ran a couple more delayed releases. You saw him chip at the line a lot. Um, I think all of that hurt his production. Uh, I think, again, as weak as the tight end market is, uh, I do think ultimately Tennessee will be able to get him back for what should be a, a pretty fair price. Yep. All right. I agree with you there. And that will do it for this episode. We will be back with two more free agents next week. Again, we're going to look at uh, we're going to look at two defensive guys this time. Two big guys, key members, starters all year in Daquan Jones and a guy that they traded for midseason in Des Kings. We'll talk about how likely it is the Titans re-sign them, what the potential market might look like, and any possible replacements. That'll be coming out next week. So make sure you guys tune in. In the meantime, check out broadwaysportsmedia.com, coverage of all your Nashville pro sports teams. Follow Justin on Twitter at JustinM underscore NFL. I, of course, am at Titans Film Room. We'll be back next week. Until then, you guys stay safe out there and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.